हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशन विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब द फॉलोइंग इज अ कॉन्वर्सेशन विद नैनिका मुखर्जी She started her dance training under Shrimati Swati Sinha in 2005. In 2016, she joined Kathak Kendra under Guru Pandit Rajendra Gangani's guidance, where she completed her diploma honors and post diploma and performed in his group choreographies. She has also performed uh, solo recitals at TEDx organized by Delhi University, Hindi Parv at Kathak Kendra New Delhi, Art Utsav at Assam, and Saranj at Sangeet Natak Academy New Delhi. On the academic front Nanika is currently pursuing her masters in psychology alongside her postgraduate diploma in dance movement therapy from the Tata Institute of Social Sciences Mumbai. You are sorry. So yeah Nanika just to get started you know Sunday evening the end of the week what would you say has been the highlight of your week so far? The highlight uh, um for this week i think has been uh, coming to terms with the fact that i have a solo performance coming up at uh, sangeet natak academy it's it's uh, exciting it's uh, uh, you know it, it, i have all the jitters okay because uh, the last time i like so the last time i performed a solo in delhi was in september oh Uh, I see her performed in April, mm-hmm. but different state. But this is the first time that I am performing at Sangeet Natak Academy, and that to solo. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal for me, and uh, I think this will continue to be the highlight of uh, the year for Fair. me, not this week. Yeah. And um, what what do you plan to present there? What what is your performance going to be like? I will start off uh, my performance with a composition by Surdas. I will end my performance with a composition by Surdas, mm-hmm. and uh, for Tal Paksh, I will be presenting Tal Shikhar, which mm. is a mixture of seventeen beats. Okay, understood. And uh, Nanika, I guess I I recently seen some videos of you performing recently as well before the solo performance coming out. Could you tell us a little bit about that? How that went as well? Yes, so I had performed um, on the occasion of World Dance Day okay. in Silchar, mm-hmm. which is a small place in Assam. Mm-hmm. Uh, performance went well. It was on recorded music, so there was only so much that I could create or goof up on stage. But mm-hmm. uh, it uh, was. Uh, really new for me because this is the first time i was performing on my own outside of delhi hmm. so i have performed only once outside of delhi which was in manipur but mm-hmm. that was a part of kathakendra's uh, student exchange program okay so this was the first time that i traveled on my own i was uh, doing everything on my own and um, i even yeah of course i performed on, on your own, own. <laughs> everything was on my own <laughs> but uh, yeah that whole experience was uh, very uh, new and uh, fresh for me 
it's something that uh, will stay with me for the lessons that i have learned in this process hmm. okay and um since you mentioned delhi and that's something i've been curious about because i think i've asked teachers who teach in delhi about this question but since you're like a recent kathak undergraduate i wanted to know like you know it's uh, like so delhi seems to be like you know where everyone kind of goes it kind of, like kathak is kind of centralized there a lot of people go there to hone their craft and so there seems to be you know a lot of concentration there of kathak and uh, so how does that work like being one of, be, being there in the weeds and uh, comparatively just wanted to get your thoughts on that what is that environment like are you talking about the learning environment or the performing environment let's start with i guess let's start with learning and then we can go to performing all right the learning environment for me personally mm-hmm. was challenging mm-hmm. not conducive in the beginning mm-hmm. because um, i personally went through a cultural shift like like a cultural shock okay uh, from you know studying at one of the top ranked schools in the country to you know the environment over there was very different at the mm. school that i studied in the environment was so different and um, com- if you compare it to kathakendra it's you like I can't put it in a very high or low kind of a situation. It's just like North Pole, South Pole kind of a difference for me. You know, like it's just worlds apart, absolutely worlds apart. Um, so when I first joined Kathakendra in mm-hmm. 2016, I used to see everybody. You know, just they had their gurus on, and they would. you know come at really odd times like 7 o'clock in the morning 8 o'clock in the morning a mm-hmm. odd odd for me so from like i was someone who would wake up at like 8:39 mm-hmm. would be i i used to be someone who used to wake up at 8:39 okay like would be matlab uh, uh not out of will like i was supposed to wake up like yeah <laughs> Like you know, it's daytime. Please wake up. Mm-hmm. So for me to reach Kathakendra at uh, nine o'clock in the morning and see people sweating while practicing, um, I would walk up the stairs and at every corner, you know, I would see one person practicing. They have their speaker on, or you know, someone with headphones on practicing, and you know, just. very uh, blissfully unaware of what is going on so at first it did seem very inspiring mm-hmm. but um, uh, after a point it kind of felt like haan theek hai i won't i won't say it felt very uh, I I don't want to put it in something negative because I know how important practice is and I know how people don't have conducive spaces for practicing. Mm-hmm. But, um after a point you 
just get used to it mm. so, so it doesn't seem uh, you know uh, that exciting anymore it's just something you're uh, very used to like ha theek hai everybody's practice mm. um, yeah so uh, i used to um, i was i was first uh, i would first see people practicing at every corner then i would see people uh, from the office you know shooing kids away you can't practice on the stairs oh guess come okay so where was that yeah i was just talking about how everybody would practice on the stairs and then the office people would do their uh, usual thing of shooing people away and i would see all of this while i would go to the third floor which is where my classroom was okay and in my classroom uh, again it's the same thing someone had a speaker there'd be six people practicing in six different corners in the lobby there would be another three four people practicing um when we wow. would go out then also there would be people practicing so everybody was always practicing, practicing. hmm so it it reached a point where i felt like i don't have a space to practice even if i wanted to so um, and uh, the thing with me some is that i can't um, really practice at home because uh, at the back of my mind i'm always thinking ki mummy bula lengi papa bula lenge ye kaam hai wo kaam hai to there are thousand one things that go on at home okay i couldn't practice at home and then i couldn't practice at kathakendra because everybody else was practicing and practice is something that i like to do on my own okay so after some time it i started feeling like the practice sessions that would go on were less about practice and more about how much uh, one can uh, prove themselves to be a good artist uh i'll give you an example mm-hmm. if there were two three people practicing on one nagma uh the uh, say someone was just practicing tatkar mm. okay then uh, the tatkar would become something else altogether tatkar would turn into upaj acha so tatkar practice is just you know like uh, how well you would do upaj that was one thing which really uh, irked me personally mm-hmm. because if you want to like practice tatkar do practice tatkar like like keep that in your mind don't don't get uh, swayed by you know what you have to prove to other people Hmm. This is only for yourself. It's not to prove anything to anybody else. Okay. So uh, that was uh, one part of the learning environment that I saw, which is outside the classroom. Now within the classroom. Oh, we haven't entered the classroom. Okay, fine. Yeah. We haven't entered. We're we're just on the stairways and everything. Okay, fine. Got it. Stairways, the lobby, and um, oh. corridors. So um. Now the thing about uh, the learning environment at Kathakendra in a classroom is that uh, a lot of people think that classes, uh, class, classes, मतलब uh, you are taught something and uh, that's it. Like you're just taught. 
बाकी लर्निंग आपकी क्लास के बाहर ही होती है सो आई गिव यू लाइक आई आई टेल यू हाउ गुरु जी टीचर्स और यूज टू टीच वन आई वॉज स्टूडेंट गुरु जी वर्ड वी देर इन क्लास वाई वी वर डूइंग यू नो एनी ताल लाइक अष्टमंगल और पंचम सवारी शिखर चौताल एंड इन द मिडल ऑफ अस डूइंग समथिंग गुरु जी वुड जस्ट यू नो कम अप विद समथिंग एंड द होल क्लास वुड बिकम रियली साइलेंट बिकॉज दैट्स एन यू सी जस्ट गुरु जी डूइंग दिस यू नो जस्ट काउंटिंग देन वी वुड ऑल बिकम रियली साइलेंट एंड देन गुरु जी वुड रिसाइड द बोल ऑफ वट एवर कॉम्पोजिशन यू इज थिंकिंग ऑफ गेट अप टीच द मूवमेंट movements of the bandish and um, you know every time guruji teaches something no it's like uh, you're watching guruji teach you something for the first time i at least in my case because it's it's so um fresh it's so it it, it just amazes you it amazes me actually i, I talk about myself so um it just amazes me how you know even after so many years guru ji can still keep um, this art form so um, you know like new and fresh and uh, you know um, just it has the same appeal as it did when he would when he first uh, taught me something 6 years ago wo abhi bhi hai so um that bit uh, so that is one thing i've always learned from guruji in class is to keep the essence of the bandish alive hmm. no matter where you're performing no matter like even if you're performing or not even if you're practicing you have to keep that essence of the bandish intact so it was he never told us that you know like isko aise hi nacho Mm-hmm. he would wait and he would leave us to interpret how we want to do the bandish of course you know over a period of time when you spend uh 6 days uh with someone over a span of 6 7 years mm-hmm. you kind of begin to understand what they are thinking mm. so over a period of time we did kind of gain an understanding of uh, what guruji would possibly be thinking if uh, he is doing a particular bandish hmm. but uh, classroom mein uh, bandish seekhna usko classroom ke bahar khud se practice karne mein there's a lot of difference because in the classroom you are still like uh, i won't say you are learning as much as you are trying to copy right bandish mm-hmm. right so you're just trying to get the movements right but outside the classroom it's a different uh, game altogether so that was uh, the learning environment for me at kathakendra i could i personally uh, could not learn too much at kathakendra as mm-hmm. a student as much as i learned uh, outside of that environment outside of the building actually 
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, especially during lockdown, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, we we were forced to stay at home. Right. Um, for the first two months, I did mm-hmm. not dance. I was absolutely demotivated to uh, do anything. Anything. There was mm-hmm. so much going on at home. There was. You know, uh, I have to clean the room. I have to help my mom cook. I have to do all of these household things that I could never get myself to care about in all these years. Makes sense. So everything got to me. Uh, it, it started catching up to me. I started getting exhausted. So I never had that kind of time for myself until I realized that. If I keep going on like this, I'll never have time for anything. I have to make time for this. That's when um, I started taking out thirty minutes every day from I think May um, May end June beginning. I started taking out thirty minutes for myself. I uh, started with really basic, you know, tatkar, hastak. practice chakkar all these things and then um, i would uh, push myself to make one video every day just to see how i am doing and then once in a while agar galti se acha ban jata tha i would post it and uh, that then that became a thing so and when you say galti se acha ban jata tha is that like you genuinely thinking this not good or you being too hard on ah, yourself kind of thing yeah, what you think is uh, you know pramit i've been so scared of watching myself dance till date i'm scared of watching myself dance i see well um i don't think there's uh, there's an easy way to put this but i'm very very scared of making mistakes and the, i know it's not a right approach to have but it is what it is i am so scared of uh, you know messing up goofing up that um, even when i practice no sometimes i feel like uh, okay like what if i goofed up like what if i made a mistake and mm. then that would uh, you know like demotivate me but um, i'm still uh, you know trying to uh, push myself and go and like not push myself but i'm trying to I'm, i'm still in the process of convincing myself that mistakes are human that i will always make mistakes no matter what i do no matter uh, how many times i do the same thing again and again and again there oh. there's always a new mistake okay like why like there will be so many mistakes but then there will be something that which will be nice so i have to create that mental balance for myself hmm now if you go through my instagram page there's this so uh, post i hope i have an archived it um there's this post uh, where uh, i did a ganesh paran mm-hmm. tal okay the same uh, uh, it's a 2018 versus 2020 video okay yeah 2020 Or 2021, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So in 2018 uh, or 2019, um, 
someone just made that video very randomly and back then you know i used to think that i'm this amazing dancer and you know uh, everybody is uh, putting me down because i'm so good and what not until i saw the video and that video um i still i can it's still playing in my head as when i'm talking about it it shook me to the core because uh, i looked at it and i'm like is this what i've been doing is this what i've been doing all my life especially the last 3 years like is this how i have been dancing and from that video till now like if i go through my videos i know that i have improved okay like in terms of technicalities like i've opened my hands a lot more mm. sharper and all of those things and i know i have a lot more to work on okay a lot more to work on but uh, yeah sometimes it doesn't hurt to appreciate myself for the fact that I've, that i improved so much in a span of like one to two years yeah so um i don't know where i'm going with this but uh, yeah it's just that when i was at home and when i started making these videos yeah. i realized what my shortcomings are and i was so scared to watch them earlier okay after watching i just delete them hmm ek baar dekhiye delete kar diya okay and But- that's it So Nanika, do you have like an ex- someone external, like a one a peer or someone you could rely on to have more objective feedback for your videos? Because if you just look at it yourself, you're kind of going to be super harsh on yourself, right? I, it looks, it feels like it. You know, uh, Pramit, uh, if I if I go to anybody at uh, again, if I go to anybody at Kathakindra, yeah, ask them like, hey, could yeah. you just look at my dance and tell me what do you think about uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. Well, they won't even look at it for five seconds, and they'll think of a thousand and one things that are wrong with my dance. Oh, cha cha. Okay, got you. That has been my experience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, over over like four years, yeah, I have found very few people. Yeah, who I have actually started relying on for feedback, and. Um, in the process of me relying on them and them giving me feedback yeah i'm able to uh, understand who the right people are to get feedback from mm-hmm. okay the, it's very important to choose your people in yeah. terms of the kind of feedback that uh, you want it's mm-hmm. because it's not about what you want to hear It's about what you need to hear and how you need to hear. True. So um, yes, now I do have a few people. Okay. I rely on dancers and non-dancers. Mm-hmm. Like having the perspective of a non-dancer is also very important. Like they will they will look at your craft in an entirely different way mm. compared to who would look at. you know the technicalities and you know all those things like uh, oh. basically technicalities but when you look at but when you have a non dancer looking at your dance yeah they um they tend to they tend to you know phrase their feedback 
in ways that uh, make you think okay from perspective of a of a very generic audience hmm. like what they want to see how they would perceive because okay. it just gives a very well rounded feedback mm-hmm. in my opinion so yeah okay understood and i guess one thing i'm curious about so if you're in kathak kendra where everyone's a good dancer like, like has the basic techniques down and everything i guess how does one stand out or does one someone need to stand out is something you need to care about or you just kind of focus on yourself what do you feel has worked for you or what would you say to someone who's just say coming in okay so uh, the things that have worked for me mm-hmm. would not work for other people got you it's so it's so subjective it's so mm-hmm. it's so personal you know mm-hmm. There's only one way to figure it out. Yeah, that there is no like um uh, set route to follow. Hmm. You you don't get a handbook when you join Kathakendra that okay you know this is what you have to do this is what you have to do this is how you go about it right and you know like because mm-hmm. when you join like when I joined Kathakendra I heard so much crap about uh, the things that you shouldn't do. Like what? Okay. <laughs> If you want uh, to discuss it, but yeah. You know, uh, one thing was uh, like uh, um how uh, don't don't like you know uh, don't have a social life kind of thing. Oh, acha acha, just work hard, work hard kind of thing. Yeah, no. When you are a student. You have to be at Kathakendra twenty four by seven by three sixty five. You cannot have a life outside. You cannot like you know like you have to dedicate everything, everything that you have to you know shine at Kathakendra. Okay. But from it, in all honesty, people who have dedicated everything, yeah, have not gotten where they wanted to get. or where they would see themselves getting at you know like um if um, say pra- uh, say you know practicing for 5 hours every day was the norm was the yeah, norm like, yeah like if if yeah. if practicing 5 hours every day yeah was oh, which uh, you know a lot of people would preach ki like agar aap चार घंटे प्रैक्टिस करोगे तभी आप बीस मिनट स्टेज पे नाच पाओगे टाइप्स अच्छा अच्छा प्रैक्टिसिंग You need to you need to be aware of your body, your mm. what your capabilities are, what your limitations are. You need to be aware of yourself. Mm. You know this is the herd child mentality, the herd mentality that uh-huh. people follow a lot because you know everybody is a senior. Like like for a fresher, everybody is a senior. Everybody has experience. Mm. Supposedly doing well in their lives, 
but um you don't know how well people are doing or hmm. uh, how or if, or if that's something you want for yourself in the first place yeah mm-hmm. it's extremely important to figure what you want hmm. from the course okay from tuition from the guru and from yourself right and uh one thing that i would really like uh, emphasize all yeah while we're talking about this is that don't aim to be like someone else hmm because i mean it it's so common to be inspired by so many people right like, i'm inspired by both my gurus mhm at the end of the day i know that i can never be them I am inspired by a lot of my seniors. Mhm. By their relentless hard work, by their determination to, you know, mhm. Um, just be successful in their own ways, but I know that I cannot be them. Mhm. Because my my skill set, my uh capabilities are different from theirs. Mhm. So it's important to figure out what do you want to do like okay i i'll just touch upon a different tangent here hello when i joined kathak kendra yeah within one year i decided i want to be a performer full time but there's so much that goes into being a performer mhm and um, i have pcod okay okay so only so much that my body can take there's only so much that i can do Okay, and uh, if I keep pushing myself mentally, then no, you know, you're being lazy. Mm-hmm. You're not uh, putting in enough uh, effort. You're not putting in enough hard work. You will reach like I. We'll reach a point of burnout. Mm-hmm. And when you're burnt out, you can't do anything. You will need rest. So it's like everybody has a different threshold. Mm-hmm. of like physical and mental capabilities and limitations you need to identify yours and uh, come to terms with it hmm and then take it forward so because i realized that i don't have what it takes to be a full time performer mm-hmm. i had to find other avenues to um get my life going okay which is why i uh, took up dance movement therapy okay, now mm-hmm. i'm studying it i'm in my first year of it mm-hmm. and um, it's something that um, is really new okay is something that i see myself doing. it just seems more attainable you know all so- my life Yeah, so I guess um, just before we get into that could you tell us a little bit about what is dance movement therapy and I know you're in the first semester so only so much yeah. you know but what have you found out about it so far and how did you get into it uh, Okay so if I were to define dance movement therapy for me it is um, uh, the concept of uh, using movement mm-hmm. to understand um, your mind your body and everything that goes on mm-hmm. and um, uh, again using movement to deal with it mm. and um, like 
डांस इज सो वेन यू लुक एट डांस from the perspective of dance like if if a dancer were to listen to this they would just think that ha dance maybe to yahi hota but so what's the difference mm-hmm. but the the difference is that um the 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 concept of you know performativity and technicalities are uh, not there in dance movement therapy so um we do a lot of uh, fun activities just to get to know ourselves like on on a daily basis how many times are you going to uh, imagine yourself as a 7 year old child throwing tantrums in creative ways not a whole lot yeah you don't do that in dance you uh, how many times are you going to imagine yourself uh, you know finding ways to uh, get out of bed and sit on your bed like We, we this was one of our first activities that we did okay uh, get out of bed and get on your bed and every time it has to be different from the last time you did something so every day like no 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 just just for that activity just for that activity ah so we spent 10 minutes finding creative uh, ways to get out of bed and get on to bed and each time it had to be different hmm so you know there's a sense of awareness that generates in your body and mind and uh, just navigating through uh, that awareness and understanding how you can use movement to uh, heal yourself hmm because uh, again uh, pramit i just like i want to use your platform to put it out there that dance is therapeutic but dance is not therapy that's why there's a whole concept of dance movement therapy which combines movement and therapy to help someone heal and get better so i guess what does that mean because i have heard some like yeah like you said some there are dancers who come on and say dance is meditative it is my therapy it is my escape but what is what is the difference between something being therapy versus therapeutic from your perspective so therapy uh therapy is a science therapy is uh, it's a it's a methodical uh, process mm. step by step you analyze it, you work on it and then it's it's a continuous process of uh, getting better hmm. now therapeutic anything which is therapeutic is something that will make you feel better in an instant hmm. like arts are arts the concept of art is therapeutic because it serves the purpose of making you feel better eventually like you will go through like a lot of emotions but at the end of it you will feel good okay but it doesn't mean you overcome your problem like if you like if someone is diagnosed with depression mm. and music music will not cure their depression mm. but um, if you have if you if you uh, involve yourself in arts therapy mm-hmm. while you're diagnosed with depression right there's a good chance that um, your uh, that that form of therapy will help you uh, deal with depression and help you navigate 
better i see it's so like it's like another form of therapy you have uh, cognitive behavioral therapy you have rational emotional behavioral therapy similarly you have arts therapy hmm it's so a form of, yeah i guess on that note just curious about this cuz when aditya garud came on my podcast he talked about doing dance movement therapy workshops for people and a lot of these people had don't move a lot but yeah. based on what you're saying do you think do you, do you think there's a use case for dance movement therapy for dancers themselves i uh, okay so i genuinely think dancers need dance movement therapy okay just break from the shackles of you know performativity and hmm. yeah like um you know as a as a as someone who has now been on both ends of right dance i've realized that uh, a lot of dancer performers focus uh, on uh, how they look and how they present themselves there's so much um, uh, importance on uh, presentability hmm that, uh, sometimes it just takes away from what you're doing like i i can even like go on to tell you that at kathakendra people focus so much on uh, you know how much they are smiling and how much they are lifting their eyebrow versus you know like how like um, like of course you you have to focus on like how much you open your hands if you mm-hmm. are a performer or you know your leg movements mm-hmm. and all of those but when you like start getting into details of like how you choose to emote from your face Mm-hmm. Well, that's when it really kind of hits you that you know, like, uh, is there only so much that you can do to express yourself on stage? Mm-hmm. You know, one concept that is so prevalent in um, uh, performing arts, I think you would also be aware, is the concept of crying on stage. You know, like um, our gurus would tell us that. it's it's written in the shastra that you can't cry on stage like hmm. you, like your tear drop can only like come till here but the minute it falls out of your eye and it and it like you know, just it's on your face that's when your your purpose has been defeated oh no i didn't know that that's pretty okay so that is something i heard a lot okay at- and it just make me think that you know why like why are we not allowed to express ourselves freely on stage as a performer why are there so many foundations and limitations and you know like do this don't do this and you you're always it's like a balancing act mm. sometimes really, like when i look at it from a distance no everything is a circus mm. and balancing act and just like sitting in anticipation just connects you to your essence okay and how you truly are mhm you know how there's always that it's the concept of inner child you know like how how as kids 
वी आर नॉट अफ्रेड टू डू वॉट वी वॉन्ट वी आर नॉट अफ्रेड टू एक्सप्रेस आर सेल्व तो बट एज एन वी ग्रो ओल्ड इज लॉट ऑफ मेंटल इमोशनल मेनिपुलेशन दैट गोज ऑन दैट ओके दर ओनली सो मच दैट आई कैन से themselves through and through that's one of the reasons why i personally like i didn't see myself as a good fit okay because um, sometimes people were too scared to show who they really are yeah and um, sometimes and um, most of the time it creates a dissonance Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the dissonance is too much to uh, deal with it's too much to keep up with as and when the dissonance like keeps growing right like you you lose track of who you are hmm so on that note nanika i have a question so it's like say if i'm work like say i've always worked in corporate like right so like in the office I'm not going to be a hundred percent myself. Like I'm going to be like there's a certain level of office promise involved. And if Katakendra is a professional environment, why do you need to? Do you feel it's better to bring all yourself because you'll be a better performer, or what's the use case for? What's the need for that if it's like more of a professional environment and people don't need to know everything about you per se? Or okay, number one, do you think? Kathakendra is a professional environment when you're joining as a student. I guess not. It's more like an undergrad thing, that way. The age groups yeah. are totally different. Yeah, you're right about that. The difference, okay. There's a difference in keeping your, uh, keeping a part of your life private mm-hmm. versus um, altering. Oh, your... omitting right. versus actually, like, yeah. So there are a lot of things about me that I choose to keep private. Because I don't think it's anybody's business to know what goes on in my life outside of Kathakendra. But um, that doesn't mean I alter who I am as a person at Kathakendra. So by nature, if I am an introvert. I can't force myself to be an extrovert at Kathakendra to fit in, or I can't um, pretend to like something that I'm actually very uncomfortable with. So um, again, like you have to create those boundaries. I'm not saying like uh, you know to be yourself, you have to let go of all the boundaries. No. there are boundaries there's so there's only so much that uh people can and people should know about you mm-hmm. when you are in an environment like kathakendra mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. one should not alter or try to change you 
just so that you fit into that environment or you know like just put yourself in a box of stereotypes so that you are not ostracized okay so um i uh, would always leave kathak kendra at 4 pm mm it is my thing main 9 baje aati thi main 4 baje nikal jati thi mm hmm jab 4 baje nikalti thi ab main 4 baje nikal ke main kahan ja rahi hu kiske sath ja rahi hu kya kar rahi hu kya nahi kar rahi hu that is nobody's business mm hmm nobody nobody and i mean pramit nobody mm hmm have the right should have the right to ask me what i'm doing right and nobody at kathak kendra should ask me yeah going after 4 pm now that is on me if i want to tell yeah uh, that is also if i want to tell guruji uh uh-huh. guruji uh, i'm leaving like this yeah. is what happened like whatever whatever yep you you maintain that accountability with the people you want to maintain that accountability with right others should not assume accountability from you yeah so there are these things at kathak kendra that still irk me if people uh, try to find out uh, details about my personal life and um, i don't appreciate that mm. i never have appreciated that i never will appreciate that so uh, those are certain things i really like to keep myself away from Right. I've always kept myself away from this, and I will continue to keep myself away from it. Hmm. But uh, if I want to share something, that comes from me. Yeah. I share it. But hmm. if another person is also not comfortable listening to those things, I need to respect that. Okay. I need to respect their boundaries. That okay, hmm. there's only so much that they want to know about me. Okay. Or so much that they are interested in. Hmm. So those boundaries are really important because uh, after a point of time, not just Kathak Kendra, but anywhere else, you uh, are bound, you are uh, being subjected to uh, emotional, mental exploitation of sorts. So those uh, things are really important. Hmm. How much you open up if you want to open up. that is also very important yeah and um uh, assumptions should just be chucked out of the window it should be thrown out of every window and like um because the problem is that everybody uh, like all the people that i have seen over there they assume so much that sometimes you also lose track of what is real and what is not <laughs> मंथ because i had to you know like slowly start to figure out okay what is real what is not what can i achieve and what can i not achieve hmm so assumptions about yourself like about myself assumptions about the institution assumptions about uh, hmm. uh the people that mattered to me fair 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 so like reflection 
yeah mm-hmm. and it sometimes it's so difficult to um just uh, mm. you know hold your ground mm. that it became really difficult for me to hold my ground right so so nanika um i think i want to ask you is about success and what that means to you yeah i just want to know your thoughts on that because in the performing arts that can mean a million different things or sometimes it just means one thing but okay so like you said uh, in performing arts uh, it means a million different things and um, that's the beauty of it and that is also where all the ambiguity stems from so um, you know how one person defines success is not uh, like synonymous with another person's definition of success for me i have seen a shift of definition from success from like point a to point b at first uh, success for me was uh, getting shows at uh, while, while being a student at kathakendra because uh, everybody i met at kathakendra was doing some sort of show they were performing somewhere or the other and uh, i for three years i just kept learning so i felt like the day i get a show is the day i will climb the first step of success hmm. i got my first show as a kathakendra student uh was uh, like uh, the first show in my head okay like uh, i had done one show in first year at gnu which was pathetic like i i don't want to even count that my first real like legitimate show okay as a kathakendra student was uh, uh dancing in guruji's choreography uh which was premiered uh, on the occasion of new year in 2019 mm mm-hmm. um and uh, that uh, felt like a win to me mm-hmm. yes okay but, but uh, the day after i got a lot of like feedback in terms of you know like my costume was not right my dupatta was not right my posture was this my like you know like a lot of like feedback was bombarded on my head hmm. and that's when i uh, kept thinking that oh, man am i ever going to get to where i want to be hmm and then uh, my uh, performance exam happened which was a Uh, a relatively worse outcome than the choreography i was in under guruji's uh, guidance uh, my solo was bad like bad bad okay and uh, in post diploma i again it was under guruji only when we performed at manipur but that was a group choreography so uh, i mean uh, my 2019 choreography was also a group choreography mm-hmm. so all these shows that i got they were not uh, like commercial shows i till date i haven't got a single commercial show i haven't uh, been a part of a performance where i've been paid for it mm-hmm. um which kind of makes me think that um am i actually like doing something right or you know is this really it for me but um 
over time i realized that you know not i mean i can i can see this because i come from a very like privileged space that as of now at this point it's not about the money for me it's about uh, you know working progressing and making sure that people notice me for the amount of effort i put in and um, that's what is sort of happening now with uh, my uh, i think this has been like this is kind of come in since i started posting videos on instagram that yeah people started uh, noticing me they started um, you know seeing that i can also like do something of course like they didn't like nobody approached me ever um because uh, there were other people whom they could approach who were more approachable probably you know um so success um for me is um now as of now i feel like i am a little closer to success because i'm doing what i wa- what i have wanted to do without uh, you know like uh feeling bad about it or feeling negative about it i yes i have come a long way in my dance journey but i've also uh, you know taken up writing i'm also studying so i am i am balancing these things out for myself and uh, yes there are days when everything gets really overwhelming uh, but not now than when mm. and um, that for me is you know success like because there are there are people who applaud me for doing so much and then there are, and then i like look at myself and i'm like am i like is it really that big of a deal because back at home sometimes i just like some like my dad you know sometimes he tells me that um, you know okay you're doing all of this but what's next mm-hmm. uh, but when i talk to someone else they're like wow you're already doing so much you're dancing you're writing you're studying and you know mm-hmm. you're already battling so much so uh, again mm-hmm. like just the, just those concepts of success at home and outside of home are very different right so like i know someone who cleared ugc net and is now eligible for phd in kathak for me i feel like she is successful in her own right because she has reached one of the highest levels of you know Uh, academia in this field which is a uh, which is commendable in itself on the other hand there are people who are getting really good payments for the kind of shows that they do for then i would also think that okay like if this person's happy with what they're doing then they are successful so the concept of success coincides with the concept of happiness in my head that if you're happy doing whatever you're doing you are successful but if there's like even a hint of unhappiness or uh, you know like oh uh, 
if if i could do more or am i doing too much i don't think you're successful either you're not there or you're burning yourself out so you need to be happy with what you're doing you need to be con- you need to be content and satisfied not maybe not satisfied but you need to be at ease you need to be in that flow of the things that you're doing in order to be successful in my opinion so like it's not like about making like 50000 a month um getting your dream car mm-hmm. of course those things are there and those things matter and mm-hmm. those things are important but not in my um, current uh, timeline like i i want to do those things i want to be independent i want to you know be able to live life on my own terms while being a dancer student or maybe a dance therapist in the future but if i think about it right now i know it's not achievable i know it's not attainable so if i keep thinking that oh man i can't do this right now i'm not successful no that has not what it is it will happen when i know that i've reached a point where i can attain those things i need to build on that skill set it's it's a process so um, yeah you uh, whatever stage you are in at your life you should make the most of it and um, see what you can achieve and attain to again achieve and attain the next possible goal and then you keep you know like pushing yourself but uh, it's also very important to not burn yourself out in that process so that ideally would me would be success for me understood and uh, yes yeah we have like six minutes left in the hour and i can uh, just looking back at we've discussed what you're doing now we've discussed what you're doing in the future the dance movement therapy discussed like environment you're just coming out of for your last question what i want to do is i want to go back a little bit so before kathak in when you were learning with sati d or your formative years in kathak yeah so for, for for the last question i just want to go back to the pa- the past more so could you tell us a little bit about your formative years learning with kathak and what was what was kathak like for you before kathak indra so do lo- love to know about that part of your life okay i'll start with a um, small story of how i joined swati ma'am sure my brother used to learn uh, dance from shamakdawar's institute mm-hmm. and um, i was 5 or 6 back then my brother would have been 15 16 mhm so my mom had enrolled him for shamakdawar's classes right and, uh, sometimes um, mom would go and pick him up mm. so obviously she couldn't leave me alone at home because yeah. dad was just coming back from work he was on his way mm-hmm. i couldn't be left alone so mom used to take me yeah and uh, whenever we would you know like sit and watch my brother dance or practice yeah. it made me really happy okay so it made him very happy also i think i like i don't know my memory is very uh, i was just uh, yeah so it, i mean that entire environment made me really happy of dancing uh, i just told mom that you know hey this is what i want to do 
like this is also where i want to be i also want to learn dance with my brother she said okay cool one year later she takes me to a place i see one lady my mother and myself in one room and mom's like um, yeah so you wanted to learn dance so now whatever so i was still assuming this is like one out of shamutavar's institution okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that lady is uh, Swati ma'am. Okay. And I was uh, what six years old. I had short hair, like the surfy, you know, the the fountain style uh, pony that one would make, and t-shirt, shorts, shoes, and uh, that's it. Uh, Swati ma'am would have been in her. Uh, Swati ma'am had just opened her institution. Mm-hmm. It's called Leisure Valley Park. Okay. Okay. And Mary Alava, I think there were one or two more people mm-hmm. who were, मतलब beginning to join. Like the word had just come out that Swati Ma's opened her institution. Okay. So uh, I am talking about January two thousand five. Hmm. So. मॉम से स्वाति स्टीरियोटिपिकल uh indian household where if you say something to your parents or uh, if you bring a complaint to your parents so uh, you can already visualize like one flying chappal coming your way so uh i just went ahead with it i but i felt very cheated i felt so cheated and that's it. and uh, then it just became something that Uh, was a part of my um life like i didn't think much of it when i was younger it just felt like ha this is something i'm just doing because mummy ne class mein dala hai so i'm doing but um i do remember swati ma'am being one of the most patient uh, teachers i've had 
because uh, apart from ma'am, my only exposure to teachers were the ones in my school. And they were of the, they were the kinds who would shout at kids to be quiet. So that change was again like very very noticeable for me. And I for the uh, for uh, not the longest time for a significant amount of time had one on one classes with her. So uh, she was very patient. She is still very patient, and uh, like. Sometimes I just marvel at the fact that how can someone be so patient? Like how how can someone be so soft spoken, so patient, and so you know like um chill? Yeah, for the lack of a better word. So um yeah, uh, for the first uh, two three years, I was just learning under her. And uh, in two thousand seven, she uh, started her first of the now many Rivayat series, which is her annual function, where you know people like all her students get to perform. So that was my first ever performance experience. Uh, my mum had come. she got me ready it was that's when i realized that okay like there's you know something more to just learning in a classroom i remember oh, i had worn this uh, really shiny blue costume because uh, we were like apart from being dancers we were also uh, a river so we just had to sit and do this movement throughout <laughs> And uh, I was in this really shiny blue costume, and mom had put so much makeup on me. And uh, when Swati ma'am was giving us a demo of how to put Kathak makeup, when I saw one of my classmates, I couldn't recognize her. Like, what is this person? Who is she? You know. And when I saw myself, I couldn't recognize myself also. And then um, that happened, and then. Um, yeah, so obviously, as when when time passed, uh, our lo- my learning progressed, and uh, she, um, you know, um, one thing about Swati Ma'am is that, um, she doesn't really, like, she's she's very, um, I I don't know if I should say this or not. She's gonna hear this, or I might get into trouble. But I feel like. Um, she she maintains a lot of like distance you know you know how um, this is something i realized when i joined katha kendra that how a lot of students have a connect with their first guru um i never had that emotional uh, connect with her or maybe by the time i would have developed that connect with her i joined katha kendra so maybe it was uh, not you know like right timing nahi tha but um, the relationship that i've had with her uh, has been very nurturing you know it's it's um it's been um something i've always uh, cherished and will continue to cherish and uh, it's something that um, is really close to me because um it's because of her that i'm i'm, I'm here today like If I hadn't learned Kathak, 
I don't know what like what I would be doing with my life. I don't know where I would be because I'm I I'm not cut out for uh, hardcore academics and uh, or the corporate life or all of those things. So um, when mom was taking me to Kathakendra, she was just reminiscing. You know, like how like how you just look out the window and you reminisce and she's like you know Muni when uh, I still remember. When I first took you to Swati Ma'am for your first Katha class, and now look at you going to Katha Kendra, and I still think about it because what started off as something like a hobby class became a part of me and a very integral part of me. And um, if there's anybody, I have to give credit. to it will be her because um, as my first guru she made me um, you know appreciate this art form i did not know anything about kathak until i met her so whatever i know is all through her or whatever basics i know is all through her and um, i kind of pride myself in the fact that my basics my basic knowledge my fundamentals have been so strong and it takes a good guru to uh, ensure that their students understand the fundamentals and the basics properly and uh, you know like in a way that makes them unshakable so uh, again uh, my relationship with swati ma like as a teacher student was uh, initially like just very like teacher student for the longest time then i took a break from august 2015 to april 2016 because i had to uh, study and appear for boards at that time and uh, you know um it it uh, it hurt it hurt to leave it hurt to take that break because um, she had said that you know like um, guruji was there swati ma'am was there and a bunch of us were there and uh, she had put that question in front of guruji that you know guruji um, there are so many students who learn for you know years and years and years and then they have to take a break because it interferes with their studies but all i'm asking for is 2 hours on two days so how can one hour a day take so much away from them and um, i would always think that you know um i will never leave her or i will never like quit learning until um, that decision was thrown on me it was imposed on me that you can't continue classes for Uh, for this time period, because you have to focus on your studies, and uh, I did not know how to tell her. Like I think for three weeks, uh, my parents kept telling me that uh, you know you have to tell ma'am that you have to leave. You have to tell ma'am that you have to leave, and I never got around telling her that because I didn't want to leave. So um, my mom had to come in. and she had to tell swati ma'am that okay she needs to take a break because like 
as parents we are really worried about her grades oh and uh, yeah i mean the worrying made sense because i was flunking all my subjects so uh, that happened and uh, of course swati ma'am was i i i think she was upset but she doesn't show it you know she doesn't show those emotions of mm-hmm. her being upset or her being really happy she she always has this very calm neutral face you don't know what's going on with her mm. and it's just scary it's really scary because uh, there have been one or two times when i have faced her anger and uh, obviously it wasn't a very pretty sight but uh, but i have always been more scared of her not reacting than her reacting she doesn't know this i'm just putting it out there if she does that's it, she generally does. true also like whenever like if, if someone's most stoic you always wonder what's going on in their head so that's kind of pretty human reaction that way yeah so um that happened and then april 2016 as soon as my fourth gender Mm-hmm. I packed my bags and I left for class. And my dad's like, "Where do you think you're going?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Class." He yeah. said, "Whose position are you taking?" I said, "You only said once my boards are over, yeah. I can go for class." Yeah. And he put his face. He's like, "What is wrong with this girl?" But I went for class. And then later on, I met Swati Ma'am, and uh, I was just about to resume classes with her till. Uh, the idea of joining kathak kendra started floating in my dad's head so that happened so um, i feel like by the time i were i i was uh, going to reach a point where i could establish like a like a full fledged connect with her kathak kendra happened and kathak kendra in itself was so much to handle for me that i lost sight of myself and uh, my life before kathak kendra my life beyond kathak kendra i will um, always and always have that uh, respect and admiration and uh, all those feelings for her because she is the one who's got me here today hmm. i wouldn't be here if it weren't for her and uh, i uh, you know there's one thing that she always says it's that she always wants to work in a way that uh, would make her guru proud mhm i also learned from uh, pandit rajendra nangani ji but um, she and um, you know like she's in the same field as uh, guru ji like so that thing is going on yeah so, uh, i also want to you know work in a way that would make both my gurus proud mhm So uh, I'm not in the same field as them. I, I mean, I am, but I'm not. If that related, related, but yeah. But um, my thing is uh, like, um, I think more than wanting to make them proud, I just don't want to disappoint them. No, no matter what I do, I just want to keep their teachings and their values and their lessons intact, so mm-hmm. that you know, no matter where I am, yeah. there is. always with me. Hmm. That is pretty profound. 
and no not at all not at all i will say like you said that it's not an emotional thing but everything you described is a lot is sounds pretty emotional maybe not the same emotion some as everyone else but it sounds pretty emotional to me but on that note nanika thanks a lot i think just reflecting back um what did i i think the i uh, one of my key things was like of course this last question where you kind of went back the formative years uh you talked about setting boundaries i think the difference between therapy and therapeutic and why dancers might need dance movement therapy pretty unique topics things we haven't discussed before so yeah, yeah. thanks a lot for coming on and um, thank you for having me yeah for sure you're part of your podcast ever since i started listening to your episodes and here i am so thank you for reaching out to me and uh, thank you for having me here and uh, yeah i hope we can connect in the future for like other projects and stuff yeah sure